For the past 30 years, Care Heating and Cooling put you first. You are the reason they are open seven days a week. You are why they make it easy to schedule service at careheatingandcooling.com. Concern for your safety is why they check every gas furnace for carbon monoxide. It's because of you that their technicians are paid to fix your furnace and air conditioner, not sell you a new one. And if you do need a new furnace, their team will make sure you get exactly what you need at a cost that fits your budget. Care Heating and Cooling is committed to doing business right. Call them at 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That's just not going to sound normal for me for a while, but bear with me nonetheless. Welcome back to the Let's Ride podcast, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. And as always, we're a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is a part of SB Nation. And this podcast platform is growing, folks, and I really hope that you're anchored in. We have... About 30 days until the Pittsburgh Steelers report to training camp, and we are not slowing down at all. Wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do. You do not want to miss anything. And I really hope, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I really hope you are giving some of these shows a legitimate shot in terms of you enjoying the content. And sometimes I get it. Some things just aren't your style. All right, I understand it. But maybe give it a shot. Maybe if you listened to a show a while ago and it wasn't that great, maybe listen to it again and give it another chance. So I'm talking about any show on our platform. Maybe you just stumbled upon my Let's Ride podcast. You don't know it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning show. Our morning lineup is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride. Tuesday's the live mic with Michael Beck. Thursday's the Steelers Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. Great lineup. Love the morning shows. Then you have the afternoon shows. Monday's The Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis and Tony Defio. Tuesday, The Scobro Show with Dave Schofield and Big Bro Rich. Wednesday, you have The Curtain Call with Jeffrey Benedict and Michael Beck. Thursday's The Preview with myself, Brian Anthony Davis, and Dave Schofield. Friday night with Six Pack with Tony Defio. Saturday, you have The Touchdown Under with the boys from Down Under. Uh, you're talking about Maddie Peverell, and you're talking about Mark Davison. And Sunday, you have Tales from 2 a.m. You have the Retro Show with Brian and Tony. You have the Factor Fiction with Brian. I'm telling you what, people, this is a tremendous platform already, and it's getting bigger. We're going to have some big announcements coming up. I hope you're ready for that. Let's get to this show today. I don't want to waste too much time. I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood. I'm recording this on Father's Day. I hope everyone out there had a great Father's Day. Uh, I did a special Father's Day podcast along with others on our platform. If you, if you missed that, go and check it out. It's Even though it's past Father's Day, it's still worth talking about. But I'm recording this on Father's Day, and I'm in a mood. Not because I had a bad day. had a great day. Spent it with family, spent it with the kids. I never really did understand, by the way, the people that say, oh, it's Father's Day. I want to go and just do whatever. I'm just going to be by myself. Well, I kind of wanted to spend the day. I'm a father with my children that made me a father. So uh, we went to the pool. We spent all day there. It was great. Had a great day. But I was in a mood for a different reason. And it had nothing to do with my kids for once. <laughs> Anyone that has kids, especially five, you get it. But still, this all started. Let me tell you how this started. I feel like you, you deserve that as a listener. I wrote an article I want to say it was Friday. If it wasn't Friday, it was Saturday. And I think it was Saturday. And it was all about an NFL.com article where they ranked 
all 59 quarterbacks that started games in 2020. Now that does that. So obviously you're thinking, well, Jeff, there's 32 teams, 59. How does that add up? Well, players get hurt. Players come in and replace them. And they ranked every single player, every single quarterback that started a game. I immediately see this article and I want to, as, as someone that writes for a website that is an editor for a website, I want to see where Ben Roethlisberger is ranked. And so I go and I find that he is 20th, 20th out of 59. And I'm thinking, okay, all right, grain of salt time. Let's take it with a grain of salt, but let's see who do they have above Roethlisberger. That's my next key. And that's the same anytime I see rankings. It's, you, you can rank the Steelers wherever you want, but I want to know who do you have ranked above them. And is it justifiable? So players like Patrick Mahomes, um, you're talking about even Tom Brady, who's just coming off a Super Bowl victory, Aaron Rodgers. I would expect them to be above Ben Roethlisberger. Would not have a qualm at all. I'm not suggesting, and I didn't suggest this in the article, that Roethlisberger should be a top five quarterback. I went as far as to say I don't even think that he would have to be a top 10 quarterback. But when I saw players like Joe Burrow, that's right, he was a rookie last year, didn't even finish the season because he tore his knee up. Joe Burrow was ranked above Ben Roethlisberger. Justin Herbert, quarterback for the Chargers, rookie last year, ranked ahead of Ben Roethlisberger. Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, who hurt himself in the first quarter. I mean, he didn't hurt himself. He got hurt. He tore up his ankle. Really gruesome injury. He was ahead of Ben Roethlisberger in the index. Now I'm getting a little bit okay. Derek Carr was another one. I'm not going to read you the whole list. Check out the article if you want. And so I'm thinking, this is insane. And so my whole article was about how where Ben Roethlisberger ranks in this index is really head-scratching to me really head scratching. I I just couldn't get it. And so I write the article and I'm thinking this was a mistake by me. I'm assuming we all know what happens when you assume that the majority of Steeler fans are going to agree with me that they're going to say, wow, like how do you put someone like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, they've done nothing in the NFL. Even if you're just looking at 2020, how do you put them above Ben Roethlisberger? And what I saw from the comment section on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com was the complete opposite. They were people that are essentially saying, well, yeah, did you see the way Ben Ben finished the season? He's done. He's done. Stick a fork in him. Stick a fork in him. I was flabbergasted. I didn't comment, but I read the comments, and immediately I kept on thinking to myself, what are they seeing that I'm not? And so I took to Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. And I tweeted out the following. I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Here is what I tweeted. I am freaking stunned. So many Steeler fans think Ben is done. Washed up. Stick a fork in him. Maybe I'm an eternal optimist, but I think you all will be proven wrong in 2021, especially if the team can actually, you know, run the ball. I used a, I thought it was a funny gif of Roethlisberger at the podium after a game where he just said whatever. In this tweet, and normally, by the way, Michael Beck, our deputy editor, he runs our social media pages and he runs our Twitter account, which has over 30,000 followers. He'll retweet one of my tweets or something and it'll kind of 
it'll catch some steam. I don't, I've, I don't think they did. He did this, but it, it really caught steam. It's had almost a thousand likes, 56 retweets and over 111 comments. I mean, there's people that are really commenting on this tweet. And I would say that the vast majority of people that responded on Twitter were saying, I agree with you. Now it's a big if the, the if of, if the team can actually, you know, run the ball, but there were so many people that say they're Steeler fans. And maybe there are people that just say, well, we're realists, yeah, whatever. I don't know what it is, but nonetheless, the people that say that, they're saying he's done. He's done. Just, he's, he, it's, 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 he's been done. They'll bring up the, the, the playoff record. I get all that stuff. But I just, so, so I'm taking all this in. And this is kind of building. It, this is all building to where we are right now at this podcast and this rant. I was just one of the. I was thinking about how all these critics of Ben Roethlisberger, and that's the headline of this podcast. What will it take for Ben Roethlisberger to silence the critics? That is the question, and that is the topic at hand. What will it take for Ben Roethlisberger to silence the critics in 2021? So one of the biggest and ongoing threads on Twitter, on comment sections, on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger, and I know, I've talked about Ben a lot last week, he is still, I've said it a million times, this is how I categorize Ben Roethlisberger, he is the straw which stirs the drink. They will win or lose, live or die by Ben Roethlisberger. And so when we talk about him almost ad nauseum, can you blame anyone? I mean, this is the quarterback. This is a quarterback in the National Football League. There is no position in sport that is greater than the quarterback in the NFL. Not a position. Not a pitcher in baseball. Not a goalie in hockey. No position is greater than the quarterback of an NFL team. So everyone brought up how he finished last season. I understand that's the lasting memory. That is the last thing that is embedded into every single black and gold brain is the way that the season finished. Whether you're talking about the the one and four finish in the last five games or whether you're talking about the total dud in the playoffs against the Cleveland Browns in the AFC wildcard game, either one, that is what everyone remembers. So I decided to go back and I wanted to take a look at 2020. I wanted to look at the statistics, and I wanted to look at the differential between the 11-0 start and then the 1-4 finish, and then I also did look at the playoff game. I just wanted to look at numbers. I'm not throwing in things like drops, okay, drop passes. But a drop pass could be maybe the ball hit their receiver's hands, but it was a difficult catch. Uh, not every catch is deemed catchable. There's so much gray area there. I was like, I'm not even going to touch it. I'm not even going to touch those statistics I'm going to talk about yards, completion percentage, touchdowns, and interceptions. Those statistics are very cut and dry. There's no gray matter there. It's boom. That's it. So in the 11-0 start, let's talk about this. In the 11-0 start in 2020, and I should remind everyone, Roethlisberger was coming off elbow surgery in 2019. We all know that. He had to rehab his arm the entire offseason and talked about this recently that his arm was fatigued at the end of the season. I don't think that's going to be the norm. I think that that's if anyone that's ever had to do any type of rehab, whether it's for an ankle injury, a knee, uh, I don't know, you've hurt your back, you know that it takes time. It does take time. So let's keep that in the back of our mind. We'll reassess that in a second. 
11-0 start. In that 11-0 start, those 11 games, he threw for 2,800 yards. He averaged 254.5 yards per game. All right, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. His completion percentage during that 11-0 stretch was 67.4. That's pretty solid, pretty solid. His touchdowns, he had 25 touchdowns, which averaged out to 2.2 touchdowns per game. He threw six interceptions. So in the 11-0 start, he had 25 touchdowns to six interceptions. Six interceptions in that 11 game was .54 interceptions a game. All right, so that is a tremendous stat line. You're averaging 254.5, a completion completion percentage just shy of 70%. 2.2 touchdowns a game to 0.54 interceptions, 25 to 6 touchdown interception ratio. That's tremendous. Now let's look at the last five games. The Steelers finished 1 and 4. The only win in that stretch was against the Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers. We all remember how the Steelers had to come from behind to win that game. It was a tremendous game, one of my favorite games of last season. But in that stretch, the last five games, Roethlisberger threw for 1,003 yards. Now, granted, this is a smaller sample size. No one is expecting the numbers to be similar when you're comparing 11 games to five. We're just looking at numbers. We're looking at trends here. So he threw for 1,003 yards in those last five games for an average of 200.6 yards per game. He had a 48.2 completion percentage. He threw eight touchdowns to four interceptions, a two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio. That's averaged out to 1.6 touchdowns per game to 0.8 interceptions per game. Those numbers there. The biggest thing for me is when not yardage, the difference between the yardage in the you're talking about yards in two in 254.5 in the 11-0 start to 200.6, I don't care. I'm looking at the completion percentage. My goodness, talk about dropping off a cliff. 67.4 in the start to 48.2 in the finish. You are completing less than 50% of your throws. That is bad. That's bad. Now, there are a lot of factors to think about here, people. A lot of factors. You're talking about a predictable play caller and Randy Feetner. You're talking about the... Who knows who's actually calling the plays? You're talking about these scenarios where we just we don't know the answers to these questions because we're just not going to, nor will we ever be privy to that information. And then you even talk about, look at the turnovers, touchdown to interceptions, and you talk about the 11-0 start, 25 touchdowns to six interceptions. Now in the last four, I'm sorry, last five games, eight touchdowns to four interceptions. That is not the ratio that you want. Not at the end of the season, not when you're trying to gear things up and get ready for the playoffs. Let's talk about the playoffs. In the playoffs, only one game, mind you. This was such a difficult game to talk about and to gauge based on the way that it started. Steelers get the ball to start. I hate that, by the way. I would rather start on defense every single time. I used to say, ah, no, let's go on offense and get the lead. Not anymore. Not anymore. We all know how it started. Marquise Pouncey snaps the ball over Ben's head, and just like that, Steelers are down 7-0. Next possession, Ben throws an interception, and all of a sudden, the wheels have fallen off. It didn't They didn't fall off to the point where the Steelers should have abandoned everything, but it sure did feel like they did abandon everything. It felt like Randy Feetner got in Ben's headset and said, hey, Ben, got his helmet, I should say. Ben, we're going to have to just sling it. That's how the only way we're going to win is we're going to have to sling it. Ben Roethlisberger threw the football in that playoff game 68 times. I'll repeat that number again. 
Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 68 times for 501 yards. Sure, you can say, oh my gosh, he threw for 501 yards. Folks, he threw it almost 70 times. I've said this on a podcast before. Go back to last Monday when I did the deep dive on the importance of a 1,000-yard rusher for Ben Roethlisberger having a renaissance to his career in 2021. If you haven't listened to that yet, go back and check it out. Really dive deep into his career when he had a runner that ran for over 1,000 yards and what that meant to his numbers, what that meant to him potentially regaining the form that we all know he can or think or hope that he can. So he threw for 501 yards, but threw it 68 times. That podcast I did last week, I said if he could keep between 25 and 35 attempts a game, that's that's the sweet spot. He almost threw it 70 times. He had a 69.1 completion percentage. That's pretty impressive. He threw four touchdowns to four interceptions, though. Four touchdowns to four interceptions. And to wrap up the statistic part of this podcast, you're talking about a guy that in the season threw 3,803 yards, He had a completion percentage of 65.6, 33 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. Now, let's rewind. Let's go back to the chaos that was the 2019-2020 offseason. Actually, you know what? We'll do that in a second. Let's rewind in a second. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back off the break, we're going to kind of wrap this up, talk a little bit about the fan base. Well, just stay tuned. You'll find out. We'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the SteelCurtain.com. Glad you're with me, spending some Monday, some of your Monday with me. Hope you had a great weekend. All the fathers out there, hope you had a great day. Uh, and I hope you uh, enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. And here we go. Let's talk about this podcast that is what will it take for ben roethlisberger to silence the critics we're still figuring out how we're going to answer this what's it going to take what will it take for these critics to finally say well ben ben's done it you know i first and foremost i think some will never say that ever for whatever reason but let's go back to what i was talking about before the commercial break if you were to rewind and go back to the end of the 2019 season the off season leading up to 2020 What a chaotic time for Ben Roethlisberger. He has elbow surgery. He's rehabbing. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hits. And now everything is completely tipped tipped upside down. There is no preseason. There was no minicamp. There was no OTAs. They were all virtual. Well, guess what that meant for Roethlisberger? He was throwing in his driveway to Ryan Switzer. I mean, if you watch the documentary, Bigger Than Ben, you saw it multiple times. The doctors were there, and he was practicing throwing. Why? They couldn't meet. They couldn't get together at the facility. There was no organized practice. There was no organized team activities. There was no rookie minicamp, nor mandatory minicamp. And even training camp was different. It wasn't at St. Vincent College. It wasn't as strenuous. It was at Heinz Field. And so all that's crazy. But I bet if I went up to fans... And I said, hey, you know, no one knows what to expect from Ben. No one knows what to expect from Ben this year. No one does. If I were to suggest to you 
I'm random steal of it. If I were to go up and say, hey, he's coming off elbow surgery. We don't know what this is going to look like. What, what would, you, would you take it if I said that he would start off to 11-0, he would finish the season with 3,803 yards, 65.6% completion, 33 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, and they would win the AFC North? I would guess that 99.99999, we'll just do the repeating, would say, I'll take that. I'll take that. But you know what the worst thing that happened to Roethlisberger was? They started 11-0. That was the worst thing that could have happened. It was the best and the worst. No one expected them to lose in certain er- in certain games. So when they lost their first game to the Washington football team, no one thought they would lose that game. And I think that even includes the players. You look at players like Eric Ebron and Chase Claypool, two guys that were new to Pittsburgh for both different reasons, but... It was like a shock to the system when they lost that football game. And I, I want to say that Roethlisberger, he did admit it this past, I believe that was at the beginning of minicamp, maybe the end of OTAs, when he spoke with the media, he said, my my arm did get tired. Normally, in a normal offseason, this is coming from Roethlisberger, not from me, he does not throw a lot in the offseason. He normally lets his arm rest. He lets it rest, doesn't throw a bunch, and then once they start getting into minicamp, OTAs, and then training camp is when he really starts to get his arm ready. Now, before fans out there that are listening think, oh, well, this is exactly what's wrong with Roethlisberger. He never comes into shape. He can, he comes into camp looking like the state puff marshmallow man. That might be though that that might be a little egregious, but still, you get my drift. This is for a thrower. We're talking about anyone's job that is throwing an object. In football, it's a quarterback. In baseball, you're talking about pitchers, whether it's a closer, reliever, starter, doesn't matter. Anyone that has to do a a throwing, it's something where they throw consistently and often, they will take time off. You have to let your arm rest, recover, and then you get it back up to throwing shape. That's why baseball teams have spring training. That's why pitchers and catchers report before the rest of the baseball team does so they can get their arms back in shape. So don't sit there and say, now, am I saying that Ben Roethlisberger's always come back into camp in pristine shape? (laughs) No, no, not at all. As a personal trainer, there's sometimes where that aspect of Ben's life drives me up a wall. But still, in terms of throwing the football, I, I think that this offseason, and Roethlisberger said he hasn't thrown that much. He had to throw a ton last offseason to make sure that his arm was right, to make sure that he's getting the throwing mechanics down, really working on all of those things. That is an issue that needs to be addressed, and no one wants to talk about it. I think it's because no one that is a, not anti-Roethlisberger, but just doesn't think he has it left. No one that, No one that thinks he's done wants to give him a crutch to lean against. No one wants to give him a leg to stand on. They don't want to say, yeah, okay, I can understand why Ben's arm might have gotten fatigued. You throw in the fact that he might have had some banged up knees and it's even worse. Now, you don't have your lower body to be able to throw as easily, putting that power, generating that drive from your lower half. You're throwing all arms. And so when you're throwing all arms, normally someone with his arm strength is great as Roethlisberger, he can make all those throws. But when you're throwing on an arm that was completely surgically reconstructed, the elbow particularly, you're looking at a completely different situation. I hope fans are able to think about that when they judge him. But the what? let's go back to the beginning and let's talk about the question. What will it take 
for Ben Roethlisberger to silence the critics. It's going to be difficult. Like I said a little bit earlier, there are some people out there, and they call themselves Steeler fans, that just will never be able to say, what a great year from Ben Roethlisberger. They will always find something that they can't stand, whether it's he's in the shotgun too much, he misses on the deep throws sometimes, he can't move like he used to, he comes into camp out of shape, he's this, he's that, blah, 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 blah. Whatever the case is, there's always those people that just want to drive and twist the knife with Ben Roethlisberger in that narrative and just really, really drive it home that they don't like him and that they don't like him at all. And I don't care. I don't care. I've openly stated that I'm a Ben Roethlisberger fan. I'm not trying to sit here and pretend that I'm, nope, I'm neutral, like Switzerland. Like, I'm neutral. I'm not going to take a side. Now, I'm not doing that. I'm suggesting that we as fans, if you are a genuine Steeler fan, you want this, you want him to do well. Maybe you're hesitant. And I had a lot of people on that tweet that I put out there that really caught a lot of, it really was catching a lot of steam there at a moment over the weekend that said, I think he might be done, but I hope I'm wrong. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. You, that, that tells me, you know what, you are genuinely a Steeler fan because you are hoping that Roethlisberger does well. And you might deep down in your gut think that I don't know if he has it anymore. That That's okay. That's okay. I can respect that. But I think Roethlisberger is going to have to come out in 2021 and he's going to have to be efficient. And not just efficient with completion percentage. I know that was a category that I focused on in this podcast, but he's going to have to be efficient in the intermediate throws. That is where Roethlisberger struggled in 2020. We know he didn't hit on the deep balls a lot. I also don't think that the deep balls were available as often as everyone would like. The defense literally dared them to go over the top. And then when he didn't have the arm strength, didn't have the accuracy that he once did, and I'm not saying that's gone, by the way, it made the defense, it made it, it made defending the Steelers that much easier. So I think he needs to be really efficient and he needs to be able to show that he's comfortable running Matt Canada's offense. And that might be easier said than done. Being comfortable running an offense that is unbelievably unique and different from anything else he's done since 2004 when he was drafted 11th overall. Anything. Not Mike Malarkey, not Ken Wisenhunt, not Todd Haley, definitely not Randy Land, and not even Bruce Arians. This is different. If he can come out, be comfortable, show that he's willing to do some things that he hasn't done a lot of in the last, I don't know, five to seven years, get under center, run play action, be willing to take a back seat as long as you're winning football games. I honestly think, and this is just based off of me gauging what Ben Roethlisberger is saying in interviews and how he how he interacts with his teammates when you actually have a camera on him. And maybe this is all just an act. I don't know. I really do think that at this point in his career, he doesn't care. He doesn't have to win it by throwing it. I think there was a time when he was that way, where he thought to himself, man, I want to be the focal point of this offense. I don't think that's the case now anymore. I think the case is that he wants to win. He doesn't care how he does it. And it's a situation where the Steelers... And the fan base should really be rooting for Roethlisberger. If it, this is his last season, 
and he hangs it up after this year. I want everyone to think about 2019. It's easy to hate on the guy now. It's easy to say, Ben stinks. Look at how he did the playoffs. Look at how he did at the last five games. If, if that's part of the, uh, <laughs> the voice. <laughs> but still, if, if that's the way you think right now, think back to 2019. Remember when Duck Hodges was the quarterback? Remember when Mason Rudolph was the guy? What did we all think? Man, I miss Ben. Sure wish Roethlisberger was here, but this defense, poof, man, we would be money. We were all saying that. And if, you, if you're if you sitting there thinking, ah, ha, ha, and I didn't say that, Jeff. I was happy he was hurt. You're a liar. You are a liar. Lying. You're lying. There's no way you said that. Watching Mason Rudolph get teed off on, get un, unconscious. He was never right after that hit. Devlin Hodges catching lightning in a bottle and then everything falling apart down the stretch with a great defense, everyone and their brother that likes the Steelers said if Ben was healthy, holy cow, this team could have been really special. So think back to that. Think back to that and ask yourself, do I really want this to to just go down in a blaze of glory? I don't. I don't. I want to see Roethlisberger come out and to look vibrant, to look healthy, and to not have to win a ton of games by chucking it 40-plus times. That is a recipe for not just success, but longevity. That's a recipe for Roethlisberger down the last stretch, the last five to six games, his arm not being fatigued. Why? Because he's not having to throw it a ton of times. That's the recipe. They just have to follow it. There's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of scenarios here. This isn't just about Roethlisberger. It's about his receivers catching the ball. It's about his offensive line protecting. It's about his offensive line opening up holes for a running back and Najee Harris that I don't think the Steelers have seen a player that dynamic since Le'Veon Bell played for the Steelers. There's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces here. But for the critics that want to criticize Ben Roethlisberger just day in and day out, you know what? Just save it. Save it. Save it and say I told you so. That's fine. I will eat crow every day of the week. That's fine. I don't care. I'm a man. I can take it. Okay? The only difference is I have a microphone in front of my face every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I think Roethlisberger is going to silence his critics this year. I really do. I think he's going to play well enough that people are going to say, I hope he comes back in 2022. Pick up that void year. Let's figure out a way. We need him back. I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm definitely leaning more towards that than the alternative of, gosh, can this guy just retire already? So let's keep all that in mind. You can have your own thoughts on this. You can disagree with me. That's fine. That's what makes the ride or die crew great. I don't care if you disagree with me. It's just the fact that you're listening and you have an honest opinion, that you are a real fan. That's what matters. That's what it takes to be a member of the ride or die crew, which, by the way, you are awesome. I got a lot of happy Father's Day messages over the weekend. Um, just, y'all are great. Y'all are absolutely the best. I love my Ride or Die crew. And you know what, my Ride or Die crew? Don't forget, if you are an iOS or an Android user, download the Green Room app. Yes, they changed the Locker Room app to the Green Room app. It sounds stupid. I don't like it. I didn't decide that. But still, it's the same setup. You join me on the Green Room app. On Tuesday night, it might be around 8 o'clock this week, I'll let you know. Follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-E-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. 
And that's actually the same tagline as my green room name. And I'll let you know when I go live on Twitter. I'll let you know what time I think I'm thinking. And it'll be a blast. I'd love to hear your take on this. I'd love to talk to you about the Steelers. Anything that's on your mind. On Wednesday, boy, do I have a lot to talk about. The fickle fan base, I'm still going on. In the offseason, I focus more on like what fans are thinking and saying. And then this whole David DeCastro nonsense. Boy, there's a lot to unpack there. Maybe we'll learn some stuff before Tuesday night. But David DeCastro, Trey Turner, the visit that happened over the weekend, Friday news dump. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I'll be talking about that on Tuesday. In the meantime, my gosh, Ben Roethlisberger, let's silence those critics. Let's come out. Let's show the Steelers are the Steelers. They're still the best team in the AFC North. We'll see. We'll see. I'm an optimist. You might not be. That's okay. All right, you know how I finish out here. Be safe. Be kind and God bless. Have a great day, everyone. I'll see you on Tuesday night or on Wednesday morning. Take it easy. Go see you.